0: Well, it's good to be here this morning. One of the privileges that we have um, as missionaries is the joy of being able to travel the world and worship with believers all over the world, and it's really a joy to be with you here this morning. Um, let me first introduce my family. Um, one of God's richest blessings to me is my wife, Jen. She is a true blessing to me, and, uh, and she makes... Missionary life so much easier in so many ways. Um, then I have God's blessed me also with four children. Jonathan is the oldest. Where's Isaac? Isaac is my second. Nate's my third. Nate the Great, and Emma is my fourth. Emma's our little jungle princess. So we, um, as Paul said, we work with a ministry called Sufficiency of Scripture, and Sufficiency of Scripture basically means that God's Word is sufficient for all of life, is sufficient for godliness, for training. And so it's our hope, really. It leads us to Christ. And missions exist. I love the way John Piper puts it in, Let the Nations Be Glad Missions Exist, because worship does not. And so our goal as a ministry, as SOS, is to... Our, really, our main objective is to see Christ reigning in the hearts of people of Uganda. And, and so we've developed two strategies to do that. One strategy is to train local pastors. And so part of our ministry is focused on tr- working with the Baptist Union in Uganda. There's 1,500 Baptist churches in Uganda. And we train pastors all over Uganda. Right now we do conferences where we travel to each region and we train pastors in a systematic way, really equipping them to to um, interpret the word of God and also preach the word of God, and really giving them an understanding of what it means to shepherd people. Um, most pastors in Uganda are very poorly trained. Uh, many of them don't know how to really handle the word of God or interpret And so that's a real challenge that we face. So one of the strategies we have is to train pastors. The exciting venture that we're starting actually right now is we're in the beginning phase of building a Bible training center on our property. And so that's going to be in construction this next year. Lord willing, in 2017, we'll have our very first class of pastors come and actually be officially trained Um, in a more intense way we want to do it more as a discipleship model where we're working with them in smaller groups and really life on life it'll have classroom time but but a lot of life on life instruction with the professors and the people who are training the pastors so we're really excited about that you can pray for us as we continue to move forward the grading work is done and as soon as I get back, the building work will begin. And so we're, we're excited about that next phase. The second strategy we have is we want to reach our community. We have the SOS is, is placed in the small remote village of Kubomitwe in Uganda. And it's exciting to be there. The primary reason we are there is because most pastors in Uganda pastor in a remote setting. And we felt like it's it would be more effective for us to train these pastors in the kind of setting that they're going to minister in. And so we are way out in a village and um, we're surrounded. You'll see, I'm going to show a video in a little bit and you'll see some of what that looks like. Um, but so we want to reach our community for Christ. And so we have a lot of strategies to do that. We have a local church and we have, um, by the way, I'm, I'll, because. I'm I'm not that focused so I'll be throwing things in it seems like I'm chasing rabbits because things are coming to my mind but one of our main goals as a ministry is we want to train Ugandans to be in leadership. We we want to be the guy that started the ministry is Shannon Hurley and he says over and over look if you and I have to leave we want this ministry to keep going. And so it's not about us. We're we're really kind of behind the scenes discipling the Ugandans that we have in leadership positions. And so we, we have a local church, and we have a Ugandan pastor. He pastors that church, he does an outstanding job. Um, he's, God has done amazing things. This guy was born in a, in a village, and really to be born in a village in Uganda, there's not a whole lot of hope. There's not a whole lot of hope because you're stuck in that village. It's hard to get out of the village because you need an education to get out of the village, and there's really no education in the village. And so most people that are in a village typically stay in a village. They'll become farmers. And, uh, but, but Edward was a village guy, and he made it through school and finished college, and he's been pastoring now for about three years. We're looking to send him back to the States to get more uh, seminary training, and then he'll come back and teach at the, the pastor training center. So we have Ugandans who are in leadership that we disciple, we train them, we equip them to do the work of the ministry. Um, and so the second, for community outreach, we have the church. We have, we've started a primary school because we realize that education is a huge need. And, but the school, everything we do is about our goal. And what's our goal? Who remembers? Who rem- somebody remembers besides Nate. what is it Nate well that's that's a strategy the goal was to see Christ reigning in the hearts of people and so that's our that's our motive that's why we exist we want to see Christ reigning in people's lives and so we've started the school not just to educate but to see Christ reign in the hearts of people and so these kids are getting, they're getting the gospel daily. They're getting the gospel weekly. They're getting trained in the Bible, which they wouldn't have gotten. Most of the kids that are in our school, we only go through the first grade now, um, know more about the Bible than their parents do. Um, and it's because they go to the school. But then we send these kids back, which is unique in Uganda. Most schools in Uganda are boarding schools. We don 't board because we want these kids to go home to their families. We want these kids to to bring what they 've learned at the school and take it back to their family. In addition to that, it also gives us the avenue of ministering to the parents. It gives us a, a door into the homes because not all the people that it's not a requirement that you 're a Christian to go to our school. In fact, we have Muslim students, but they all get the gospel. And and the parents, at least at this point, are okay with it. We did have one parent withdraw their kid because the kid went home on break and was singing about Jesus. And, and he was like, what are y'all teaching my kid there? And so we were like, we're teaching what we told you we were going to teach. Um, but he ended up pulling his kid out, unfortunately. But, but we have kids going back home, and it gives us open doors. We go in, and we're able to talk to parents, train parents, teach them how to raise their kids, which these people really need training in that. Um, how to get to the heart of your kid. That's what we want to be about as parents, right? And, uh, and so we try to teach these parents how to get to their children's hearts. Um, we try to teach them very basic things. You'll see on the video that one of the primary needs is just basic hygiene. And so the kids come, the very first thing they do at school is they brush their teeth. We have sinks. Every kid has their own toothbrush and toothpaste. And they go to the sinks first thing, brush their teeth, and then they go back to class. Um, so that's one of the things we do. The, the third thing we do is what we call community outreach services. We do community projects. We, uh, we'll have a soccer tournament where we invite villages to come in and compete against each other because soccer is huge there, and it's just a way of building relationships and so that we can have access to people's lives. That's really what we want to do. And uh, we also have movie nights where we have people will show a Christian movie. I think the last one we did was, what was the last one we did? Courageous Courageous or Fireproof. I can't remember. Um, And it's just a way to to get involved in people's lives. Um, And then we also do community projects where we try to help with some of the needs in the community. We had um, one of the biggest Things we had health-wise was people didn't have toilets, and so they would use the bathroom just outside. Well, they farm outside too, and they try to use every amount of land that they can. And so what was happening is that people were getting sick. And so what we did was we said, look, we want to help the community. So if you'll dig a hole, we'll give you uh, a cement. It's like a, a platform with a hole in the middle and to cover that hole with, and, and then, but you have to do some of the work. We're not going to do everything for you. We put in 300 toilets in the community, which helped out tremendously as far as illness and sickness goes. Um, we also just recently um, hired equipment to come in. We, the road that leads to where we live is, is really like a rough kind of a jeep road that you would see on somebody's farm. And uh, so it was very hard to to travel, and most of these guys are farmers. They they eat most of what they produce, but then they do sell some, and trucks will come through, and they're able to sell some of what they make to these people that then take it to the city. Well, trucks had a hard time getting back there, so we hired equipment to come in and grade the roads that go in and out of the villages um, just to help that out, help out them as far as their produce goes, and so that was another community project. So everything we do... We're trying to build relationships so that we can have access to people's lives, so that we can share the gospel, so that we can, even for those who believe, help disciple them. That's what we're all about. We want to see Christ reigning where? In the hearts of people. That's what we want to do. Um, Am I missing anything? Well, and also health care. Oh, that's right.
1: Yeah. And the witch doctor, where they can go and be treated. And so that's also just another
0: way. Yeah, we don't have medical services where we are. So, so we, we transport, we provide transportation in an emergency situation. And then like once a month, we have a vehicle that goes to the hospital. So if you're sick, what prevents these people from going to a doctor is they don't have money to get there. And so we'll provide transportation there. If it's an emergency, we'll even pay for it. And so we, we had one night a guy show up and at our property, and he had been uh, attacked by another guy with a machete. And the guy hit his hand and cut his hand down to here. <laughs> so he showed up. His hand was just hanging. Um, and so we wrapped it up as the best we could, and we rushed him to the hospital and... Um, he has still has his hand he does still he doesn't have use of some of his fingers I don't think the surgeons there were that good but but we provide emergen- emergency medical service yeah yeah and then another one day we were right after church service some guy showed up and and his arm is wrapped up right here and he said you know I've been cut and we're thinking okay well we'll come you know come to our house in just a little bit and we'll put a band on it and and uh, that was actually Jen that went back with him with one of the other ladies, and they unwrapped his arm. And what had happened was he was sitting with his machete in between his arm, and a guy walked up and just pulled it out. And it, and he, Jen said when they unwrapped it, blood just shot everywhere. And so, too much, too much. Information. Okay. Uh, <laughs> So uh, anyway, we rushed him to the hospital, and, and he's, he survived, but that guy wouldn't come to church, and since then, he's been coming to church. Like, it's it's amazing. It's those kind of things. People don't care what you know until they know how much you care, and and so we kind of see the gospel is the truth, and love is the capsule of the medicine, and you have to give them the medicine with love, and so really what we're doing is loving our community and loving them to Christ and seeing, people, seeing lives change. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Let me do the video, and then we'll share a little bit about how God's working in people's lives. What time is this? How much time do I have? Okay. Okay, and then we'll. if you have questions, we'll take those at the end. You know, what's what's really neat, you know, as you look at that, I mean, that's, you know, that's really our family. I mean, that's our home. I, was, I just found myself thinking, I can't wait to get back. Um, so, anyway. Jen, you want to come up? And then we'll share a little bit about what we do. You know, the Lord has really given us tremendous opportunity. Just as a side note while she's coming up. Islam is really fighting for Africa, and we have—we uh, have an amazing. <laughs> I'm not normally an emotional guy. We have an amazing ability to fight. Then
1: we have Muslims coming to Bible study you know that may not always be the case and um, we certainly could see incredible opposition at some point but right now we're not people are inviting us even to Muslim events because they know we care and because they see they see. you know what they're not just here to make money off of us and they're they're not here because they they um, want to do something mean, there's a lot of superstition there for for white people, you know, and they really saw SOS for a number of years kind of like, hmm, why are you really here?
0: There's a lot of suspicion just because of, you know, British colonialism.
1: Yeah, but what's really neat is in this moment in time, we feel like where we are, and even just in the entire country of Uganda with these Baptist pastors, it is a wide open door. It really is. For the gospel. And even when teams come, we can set up school evangelisms. They'll let you go to any school and teach anything you want. Um, and so it it's a time that I feel like is unusual. And what's neat is the place where we, where um, Shannon chose to put his ministry in um, historically was a place of execution and a place that saw just a lot of atrocities and when Shannon bought the land he didn't realize that about the area and what we know now is the name of our village means the beating of the head and um, there's been such pain and sadness there and here God would plant redemption you know and that's just sweet of the Lord I'm getting emotional too (laughs) maybe we need more sleep (laughs) Um, do you want me to talk really quick about my Bible studies? Yeah. Or, okay. Um, so what what I'm primarily doing, um, I'm homeschooling my kids, and um, we're doing some village Bible studies with the ladies. I, I um, am meeting with a group of ladies that are more in leadership. They're more educated. For them to come to that particular Bible study, they have to be willing to memorize Scripture, be involved in church, do things like that. So that's one of the Bible studies I lead. And then um, the next day we go out into different villages. Danielle and I and um, Solomon, you saw in the picture, he's the headmaster, his wife. So we each go to our three main villages that are right around us. And God is just really doing neat things with that. In that culture, men beat their wives and wives beat their children. You know, And so one of the basic truths we've been teaching is that we're made in the image of God for the glory of God. That men and women have equal value, just different functions and different, different things that they're to be about, but their value is the same. They're loved by God, and God sent his son to die for them because he loved them. And then we're telling the, the women the same thing about their children. Your children. Are made in the image of God. It's not just what can they do for you, and then if they don't do it, let me beat you. And so, um, in our Bible studies, we've started just teaching them how better just to train and to love their children. And so, one day before we came back, I asked some ladies, "You know, what's God taught you this year?" And one lady said, "You know, Jim, when you were teaching about having a gentle and a quiet spirit." God just showed me that I've never been that way, and I've been almost abusive to my children. She even said, I I would even grab them by the neck. And and that's just very common. Everybody does that. And she said, you know, I, I repented, and I went to them, and I asked their forgiveness. To even say you're sorry to a child is culturally inappropriate. And so the, the first few times we talked about these issues, there was a lot of resistance. Even when I said, you know, the anger of man doesn't achieve the righteousness of God. And they'd be like, well, Jen, I mean, you have to be angry to discipline. I mean, if you're not angry, then I mean, what's the point? So I said, well, I feel like if, if that was true, that there'd be a verse right after that that says, well, except when you're training your children. And in that case, your anger will, will do something productive. But I said, it doesn't so we kind of just walked through some things and um another lady said that she had gone home and gathered her children to her as well and had asked them to forgive her then another lady it's very polygamy is very common um uh, there's a lot of abandoned women left with a lot of children you know just sad sad things so this lady has been abandoned pretty much by her husband for all she knows he might have another family So one day we were just talking about prayer and taking our burdens to the Lord. And I said, you know, so many of you are in unbelieving marriages. And so, you know, you're in a first Peter three situation that, you know, you can live in such a way that maybe you could win them without words. But I said, you know, you need to pray for your husbands. So she said, I started praying for my husband and she said, just this morning, he called me and he actually called to check on me. Okay. Culturally, that doesn't happen. He even said, is there anything that you need? And she just started crying. And, and what I shared with her was I said, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him and on those who put their hope in his loving kindness. And I said, he wanted, God wanted you to know that he sees you and he cares about you. And I said, who knows if this husband will come to Christ? Maybe he will. Or maybe God just wanted her to know, I'm still going to take care of you, even if this husband never really returns. But I moved his heart on this day to provide something for you. And so um, we just have so many neat things happening. Even a Muslim lady who came to Christ and we administered to their family with some physical needs. Her husband had been in a serious wreck. And um, so she started, she started living on our property while we were helping take care of this man, her husband. And she started coming to Bible study, and she shared with Danielle later. She said, I came to Christ in your Bible study when I began to see what the gospel is and that I have sin. And, um, and at that particular time, her husband isn't a believer. And she said, and I've seen now that I can choose to love and serve him because it's the way I can love God not because of anything he's doing for me, but, but I can do that as unto the Lord. So um, so I'm excited. I feel like, Damon, when I saw the pictures, you know, when we first got back on furlough, I was just so thankful to be here, to see my family, and um, to do those things. And my heart's changed back over the last couple of weeks. We've watched that video again, and I, I've watched it and thought, I'm so ready. To go back, you know, all those pictures are personal to us. They're, they're families that were helping, um, people who are growing, husbands who are um, actually starting to try to care for their wives in a nurturing way. That's countercultural for them. They've even talked about one time they said, I'll be made fun of if I take care of my wife in a kind-hearted way. And then another guy was like, but I'm going to do it. You know, they're like in a camping scenario. You know, like they're, they're not in their individual houses living life. They're like in an open community. All the kids are there. Families are there. So for them to try to practically do these things makes them really look different in the village. So the
0: one family where you saw both of us with the family in their front yard, he, his name is Dika, and his wife's name is Esther, and they're really neat. Esther's been a believer. She's been coming to church for a while, but her husband was very hard toward church, toward the gospel. He didn't want anything to do with us. And um, he was drunk all the time. He was, you know, in town and just fighting all the time. And so um, over through time, we've actually reached out to this guy, and he came to Christ. And now his marriage is completely different. He used to beat his wife, wouldn't really listen to her, and just did whatever he wanted to do. He would be off, you know, doing whatever. And then now, since he's come to Christ, he's totally changed. He's leading his family. He's doing, you know, family worship at night. He's He's living with his wife. Yeah. And people are amazed. We had a guy visit who used to live in the village, and he was like, I can't believe Dick is at church. (laughs) How did y'all do that? And uh, so lives are being changed, and but, you know, it's not only in our community, which is mostly what we see, because Shannon, the guy that we work with, he does most of the church strengthening and the pastoral training, so he travels all over the country, but... But there's so many open doors and we're just amazed at what God is doing and, and we're um, just glad that we have the opportunity to even be a part of it. Um, and I know we're almost out of time so we should probably open it up for questions. Um, but Are there any questions? I just want to know, what do the, major- the majority of people believe spiritually? Like, it's... Christians or... If you ask a Ugandan... What do you believe? They will, they will either either tell you they're Muslim or Christian, but that means nothing. The Muslims don't know what, what Islam teaches. The Christians don't know anything about what Christianity teaches. But that's just their families have been Islam or Christian, and so they they think that they're one of those depending on what their family is. It's a mixed bag what they really believe. There's a lot of animism, a lot of um, even those who come to Christ still carry into it some, some of the, uh, just animistic beliefs. Um, but that's, it's very traditional based, you know, what is tradition done? And that's what we do. Yes, sir. You know, they may be, yes, they are, but they're not a, they're not a major Jehovah's Witness is a big, um, a big movement there's a lot of I'm sorry not Jehovah's Witnesses. there's seven, Jehovah's Witnesses there 7 day adventist is r- really big in that in central africa um so but I don't I don't think the mormons have much there yes sir
1: what about music
0: what about music
1: what, what part of, of
0: ministry could music play um, if i knew a bluegrass band uh huh <laughs> <a bluegrass laughs> <laughs> um they're definitely violent they love music <laughs> <laughs> there's well, a
1: lot of dance you know there's some dancing um a lot of
0: like, you know, he heard down? on the the at the wedding yeah. Yeah. but is it is it a real see if i can ask this in a way that makes sense you know we listen to music from all over the world do they mm-hmm. listen
1: to western music Not, some through our church just through the church like, we've introduced but, like a song like Behold Our God. Okay. You know, we've introduced some of that, but I was just telling the girls last night, I was like, but what's funny is, in the same way, it's really hard for me to pick up their music because the beat is different, and the where, where the melody goes is different. It's, then it's hard for them to appreciate our music. You know, we try these songs, and it sounds terrible. I'm like, Behold Our God was really just a lot better on that CD I was listening to at home. Um, and then, But then there's also a lot of hymns yeah. that we've taken. Um, and had translated into their language yeah
0: so. more like um, the, i mean the where we live there's there's not access to the uh, to the world i mean there's there's yeah, just so they don't so they're not yeah. exposed to not,
1: not TVs yeah. they do have radios so. Mm-hmm. so yeah well i miss i miss the first part of this but
0: if,
1: if if you were
0: is your infrastructure in place we're building build, projects we're building as okay, i mean so so there's a need for that. Yes, yeah. yes. We pretty much we build by faith. Okay. Um, we just did the foundation for the school cafeteria, and then we stop until yeah. you know we have more funds. and we're building, Lord willing, the starting the Bible Pastor Training Center. Okay. Um, so yeah, we're in a, we're in a major building, and we keep you know when you start the school, it's you know it's a good idea, and it all you know seems fun and but then once you get it going you realize yeah every year you have to build buildings (laughs) so we have teachers come in from kampala and it's people in the cities don't want to live in the village i mean they've worked their lives to get out of the village Mm -hmm. and so they don't want to go back to the village so we to get teachers to come in we build housing for them and so, um, but we have the Lord's blessed us with, with, for the most part, really good teachers who've really caught the vision, and uh, so we're and blessed some are that now way. But
1: really in leadership because they've come to Christ and now they're going and doing some Bible studies alongside us. So that's been really neat. And I would say that's another primary area where mm-hmm. we're involved is in the discipling, discipling of the,
0: the teachers. teachers. So because Uganda was a British colony, English is the official language. Um, if you're educated, you speak English. Um, probably 95% of people in the village do not speak English. Um, so they speak Luganda, where we are. There's about 15 different dialects in Uganda, where we are, that's Luganda. They of for them the number of
1: kids that grow in
0: the school every year? Yeah, so we... We started, yeah. We started with um, in in American terms, pre K, kindergarten, and then this year we added it's our what's our third year. We started with two years. We started with two levels, mm-hmm. yeah. Then we're first grade this year. Next year we add second grade. So as the kids advance, we keep adding a class. So every year we add fifty students. We have two classes of each at each level. Each classroom has twenty five students roughly so we add about 50 students a year um which means we need two new classrooms every year and we need four because each classroom has two teachers at least for the next couple years and then it'll go down to one but so currently we need um, four teacher housing units um and and all of the what would you call the other like the toilets and things like that that go with those uh and then we're again starting the pastor training so we had to build housing for students uh, we had to build classrooms, cafeteria. We have got the land to do it. We have the land. you all have teams <clears throat> coming? I mean, we do. We just had a team from California grade. The pastor training center is a guy that owns a grading company, and he came out. He's such a blessing. He comes out every two years, and we rent equipment, and he just, you know, runs the and grades everything, puts in drainage, and it's a blessing. You know, and the kids just show up. They pay yeah. for school? They, they we have them pay. Them but it's it costs about about eight hundred dollars a year to educate the kids. The parents pay about forty five, um, just because they can't afford to pay more. So we have we have you can sponsor a kid. You can you know go to the website and, and I think it's about thirty or thirty five dollars, um, and that will educate them. We provide a good meal, a, a balanced meal. You know, starvation is not an issue in Uganda because everything grows there, but malnutrition is because they tend to eat the same things. And so we we try to provide a variety of foods um, just for health reasons. Um, And so that provides a a really good meal at lunch, uniforms, and education, you know, everything. Y'all
1: have places for teens to stay when they come, right? 10, I'm the cook. Yeah. That's right. so if you up. like Mexican food, come my way. If you can bring Mexican food, come our way.
0: There's a lot of AIDS, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people have AIDS.
1: Can you tell just real briefly the story of how God provided the money for Shannon to start the industry to buy the land? Yeah.
0: Really so... Shannon, um, graduated from the master seminary and he and his wife were your typical, poor, starving seminary student, uh, <laughs> working your way through school. And Shannon was working, um, as a, he got in, he took a job in marketing for this company and, um, You know, they're just struggling, living on a pretty small budget. But the Lord just blessed his business. Like, he landed these major accounts. The biggest one he landed was the Aflac account. So the Aflac duck was his. And he made tons of money. Just all of a sudden, you know, they have all this money. And they really felt like God gave them that money to do this ministry in Uganda. And so they they lived on the same budget they did before they had the money. And stored up this money, and God blessed them in other ways financially. And they came and 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 at the you know first couple of years until it was a little more established, used the money that God had given them. You know they were, how many acres? they bought. We have about a hundred and thirty or forty acres. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have sixteen teachers currently. So next year. They're Uganda. We want Ugandans doing everything.
1: There, you might have seen one. There was we did one have American one. teacher. She had done, she had been an intern, and then she was invaluable, especially that first year of school. She helped set up tons of the admin and helped connect schools in California to the legacy school there. But she's she, she
0: was a little bit kind of unique. Gone. She had been there for three years, and she she knew the language. Knew the language. I mean, she was she could speak she Luganda like fluently. <laughs> so
1: a blonde Ugandan. <laughs>
0: So yeah, teams come out, they there's a, a lot of different opportunities. You can work at a conference depending on so when like a when a pastor's training conference and you'll usually what we have teams do is lead breakout sessions where you'll lead a devotion in the morning for like you and maybe one other person will work with like fifteen pastors and just lead a devotion and work them through the Bible study. And you think, Wow, I'm not really equipped to do that. But these pastors have never been trained. And so the Average American Christian knows so much more than these pastors and so you you really can be of great benefit in that kind of a setting and then just participating helping set up and, and run the conference then if if you don't do a conference you're more in the community we do school evangelism sometimes people come in and, and help with building projects um, village
1: outreach. yeah we
0: do village outreach this kid like people a come out or
1: VBS, VBS or, yeah um, like a health and nutrition We even had um, a group come called Mercy for Mamas, and they help give mama kits so that these people who, you know, are just giving birth and they don't have anything clean, they had some sterilized equipment and things, just basic things. In Uganda, you don't show up at a hospital, and they give you stuff. You have to bring your own stuff, and you have to bring people with you who will take care of you and cook for you and clean up after you.
0: And if you don't bring your stuff, you might not get sterile equipment so these kits just include everything that you need to give birth and it's all sterile and so
1: there's just so. a lot of there's a lot of different things to do or a lot of um, like if you know yeah. if girls come with a building group and the girls will go work at the school all morning you know they help like read the books and help you know the kids do their handwriting and do some stuff like that and then at the school um, there are some my bible say where those morning sessions called
0: with the teachers?
1: No, like when the whole school. Oh, chapels. Comes, like chapels. We have two chapels so then a they'll week. They'll do chapels. They'll do music. Yeah. <laughs> like Bible story stuff and skits. And so that's a fun way for. people. So to are do they? Fun. Are they
0: doing that in English? We well, have translators. We have
1: translators. And all the, the teachers speak English in addition to Luganda. And they
0: teach in English, so the kids are learning, so they'll pick up on more. Yeah. Especially um, as
1: the years kind of go. by. Yeah,
0: Josh. Um, every, if it's about if it's eight hundred per student roughly, um, and we add fifty students, four thousand four thousand. Eight four eight The building costs, yeah, that doesn't factor in the building costs. So a classroom block has three classrooms. So the it's one building that has three classrooms. Those are about forty thousand to build. Um, Cinder block. So yeah, yeah yeah. Air yeah. conditioned? No. Oh I wish. No, at this point no, but we're working on that. We electricity just came to the village. Like we, we didn't have electricity. I guess generator before that? Yeah, we had a generator and, and some solar. But it was pretty sketchy. And clean yeah, water? Yep. For the well. Yeah. So forty thousand for a classroom. The teacher housing, which is no, it's for three classrooms. And then How much is a teacher, teacher housing is about 35, and that's three units. So there's three teachers can live in one one unit. It's like a triplex kind of a. year. one hundred twenty thousand Yeah. Increase. Yeah. In addition to whatever else going on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. You said you were trying to send the one teacher to seminary training, but you were waiting on something else for that. What are you waiting on to get him? Well, he's getting married. Maybe. So, Um
1: <laughs> a good thing to
0: wait for. So, uh, but he'll probably go uh, in about a year. Yeah. Um, we're just getting like he has to get his his visa and and all of that. So we'll we'll send. But they sent, they sent to masters. They sent to be And we have, we have some coming back. We have one coming back in May, this coming May. Mm-hmm. And he's Ugandan, he's been trained, and has a degree in biblical counseling, and he'll come back and help teach at the seminary.
1: We're excited he married um, a nurse. In America. So I'm just really excited that there's going to be a nurse around. Even for us, Mm because we're like two, two and a half hours away from Kampala, so sometimes you're like, they're sick, do we go, do we not go, it's a brutal trip, you know, so it'll be... That'll be really helpful.
0: Sometimes we go to the medicine man, but oh, we don't. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is kind of a funny, a silly question, but
1: uh,
0: the wet, wet mm-hmm. season, dry season. We have, the cold, hot? T- yeah, it's it's mild but hot. Um, we have two dry seasons, two rainy seasons. I would not call the dry season mild. The dry seasons are hot. Um, <laughs> it can get <laughs> the uncomfortable. Rainy mild. The rainy seasons mild. I think it gets in the upper nineties. Low seventies at night. So that's very
1: yeah. really
0: hot. That's the that's the extremes.
1: Oh, okay. Oh okay. So the dry season is very hot. Yeah. And very dry. So you're probably yeah. uh, sweat constantly.
0: I mean, that's definitely a, a risk, but um, but so far we've been malaria-free. We've
1: not gotten it. yet. Yeah, our friends that we serve with, they've really gotten it a number of times, yeah. and their kids have gotten it more. I think the first area that they settled in was um, was an area more prone to it as well. It's some wicked stuff. We've had to test our kids. They don't appreciate that. It's a it's mm-hmm. a finger prick, like with a little blood test. They don't really like that, right, Jonno? <laughs> But anytime they run a, a high fever and there's not not the other symptoms, I mean, you just you have to immediately test for malaria to at least rule it out. It's so. very tropical. They said they mm-hmm. look out their windows and see monkeys. Yeah, there are monkeys in our backyard. Yeah. It's really kind of cool. <laughs> a few snakes. Last well, question The men that go back mm-hmm. that
0: you're sending over to the states, how are they supported? We, we support them. Yeah, through the ministry, through SOS. Which gets. Which can be expensive too. Um, yeah, but expensive Southern has actually been really great. Like it costs us very little to send somebody to Southern because um, I think they give them pretty much a full. So, yes, ma'am. They had never
1: seen a white person. What was their reaction? we actually you, yeah, encountered we've that encountered
0: question.
1: that. <laughs> uh, we've had kids turn around crying. <laughs> so we, <gave> up <laughs> we went pretty deep into the jungle. And so we came walking up with uh, with a bowl to give them so they could like you know go take. It was one of the kids. They went. And the the kid screamed and went running away like. What are they?
0: <laughs> <laughs> like I'm pretty sure he had never seen a white person you know, before. It
1: felt like uh, like the pictures you see in National Geographic. You yeah. know you're going out on these little bitty walking trails and you know just hoping there's not the snake mm-hmm. hanging from above. Or, you know.
0: But okay. <laughs> Paul and, Paul and I will sing with you. you. <laughs> we need your support
1: in other words. <laughs> but not in the book right there not
0: okay. But thank you so much for giving us the opportunity just to come and share what God's doing before they sing. And and uh, please please be praying for us. Um, we rely so much on prayer, and uh, we don't take that for granted. We, we we, Is there a newsletter that we can get? With yeah. So if you you can, there's two, we personally send out a newsletter, but then SOS does a newsletter as a ministry. Um, You can go to sosministries.org, and that's, you can see kind of updates there. And then if you want, somehow, maybe through Paul, get me your email if you want our personal one, and I can
1: set that up.